John's passion is filled with symbols and to be honest, lots of trap doors that we can fall down and get caught in. Historically, it has been particularly problematic because it was used as justification for anti-Semitism for over 2000 years. The implication being, of course, that Jesus was betrayed by the Jewish people. And in fact, we hear that made explicit even with the toned down language we use in today's version of the telling. That's one of the big trap doors of our tradition. So we try to find our way around that. Another trap door is that Pilate is somehow a sympathetic figure that he's caught up in the momentum of the mob and the crowd. John probably paints him sympathetically late in the first century, maybe to gain some favor with the Roman authorities after the destruction of Jerusalem. But we know from other histories that Pilate was anything but a sympathetic character. He was mean, probably beyond words that are safe saying in a sermon. And Jesus, after all, is not stoned to death as would be customary in the traditions of his own people, but is crucified. A quintessentially Roman act with one purpose and one purpose alone. And that is to tell anyone who might be following Jesus or considering doing what he does, that their days are numbered, that this too might happen to them. So we walk around that trap door too, and we end up caught in a whole sea of trap doors of Christians across the centuries who've tried to explain the meaning of Jesus on the cross. Each one of them is their own trap door. If you focus on it too much, the meaning is something that we still wrestle with even after 2000 years. And yet we call this day Good Friday. Not good because in our own time, it means it's a positive experience, but good in the old fashioned meaning of holy. In the cross, there is a radical message of God's holiness, even in the face of great evil. That is what makes today our ancestors blamed their Jewish sisters and brothers for the death of Jesus because it was easier to blame someone else for our own faults and failures rather than take responsibility for them. It was easier to point the finger at Judas 
and his kin. Forgetting, as the old saying goes, that when we point a finger, there are three other fingers pointing right back at ourselves. The point is that the betrayal is the betrayal of the whole of the human family. And it is a betrayal that we know all too well in our own lives, in our own sufferings, in those places where we have fallen short and we feel it acutely or chronically. In those times when we know that we have tripped others up and then blame them. In those times when we have driven someone out in order to cover up for our own failings. The holiness that we are shown this day is that God confronts us in the midst of it and doesn't come down with wrath or vengeance or even anger, but truth. Truth that we can scarcely recognize a lot of the time because we are very much like Pontius Pilate in John's telling of the story. What is truth? What is truth for us being realistic about the limits of our own goodness? And certainly the limits of the goodness of the world around us when we have to be realistic and compromise and give parts of our souls away just to stay where we are and enjoy what we enjoy. That kind of truth, that truth that is so hard to face, just as hard as it is to face an innocent man suffering and dying on the cross. But there's more if we take the breadth of our tradition and the best of it seriously. That is that God in Christ willingly embraces this path. John has told us elsewhere that it is in the cross that Christ is glorified, and if Christ is glorified, God is glorified. It is perhaps the greatest irony of this day and of our tradition that God should be glorified in a brutal and awful thing like crucifixion. Not a throne, not a display of power, not in vengeance or wrath, something that we might want and expect at times, but in complete self-offering. Because only then can God show us the truth 
of our cruelty and our sacrificial systems, and at the same time, disclose to us the divine love that has been poured out for all creation, including us in all of our waywardness, including us when we have fallen short, including us when we are alone and struggling and in pain, including us when we have been innocent and yet have fallen victim to the systems of power in this world, including us when we know that all too present spiritual death, we don't know what tomorrow will bring, including us when we face our mortal death and all of the fear and darkness that that threatens to bring. God chose this way to show us how much we are treasured and loved. And how much too is loved that person we like the least, those people that we love to hate, the people we find it hardest to forgive, and indeed those who have betrayed us. The old saying goes, Jesus loved the world this much. And then he stretched out his arms on the cross and dies. Because as he has said, it is only through death that we see a path to eternal life. And it is only when the powers of this world, with all of their cynicism and all of their fear, are swept away, that we will behold our God face to face and be able to embrace that love that has been there for us from the very beginning. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon.
Sure.